Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Video Games Now podcast. My name's Rodney, and joined via Skype is William. Hey, how's it going, everyone? And uh, our returning guest, Cole. Hello, hello. And uh, Cole hasn't been on the podcast since it was a PG podcast, and it was really hard for me not to swear during that, mo- that moment in time, but uh, Cole uh, found it extra difficult, I think. Uh, yeah, you guys stopped me from swearing, and just by the sound of my voice, you can tell I'm a very crass just full of rage full of it yeah. at least you hear yeah this is my outlet <laughs> so we uh, threatened him with a bar so yeah i don't smell that bad <laughs> we were armed to the tits with uh axe cans um shower in a can uh, anyways <laughs> so uh last uh last monday was uh, we released part one of our e3 predictions we had uh, Nintendo, Ubisoft, and Bethesda, and today we're going to be talking about the rest of the Clash. There, I meant to say Clash, but I said Clash for some reason. Uh, I, I don't clash know why. Clash of Clans. Yeah, Clash of Clans. We'll talk about that one day. Anyways, uh, so yeah, E3 Part 2, coming up right now. Yeah. All right, so uh, Cole, you uh, you weren't with us last week, but uh, why don't you uh, why don't you give us what you think is gonna be shown at E3 for uh, for the Nintendo guys, Bethesda and Ubisoft? What are you what are you looking forward to the most? Oh man, uh, for Nintendo, obviously Smash. You know my my love for Smash. Yeah, me and you, uh, me and you soloed or duoed, I guess, a podcast on that, and we it did really well. Yeah, I uh, I'm so excited for that, and uh, I'm excited to clock well i actually don't have a switch so it's funny because the only reason i got a wii u was to play smash and then uh when breath of the wild came out i played that on wii u but now i'm like man the only reason i'm gonna get a switch is for smash again so it's keeping my uh my nintendo dreams alive yeah and uh what about have you seen the trailers for the new pokemon games yeah actually um well i haven't seen the trailers i've just been reading a lot of articles about it and you know i play pokemon go and it's actually kind of funny how much they're connected like all the updates for pokemon go will talk about the new games coming up and stuff and how they'll release pokemon based on the new releases like they're like we're gonna release more of these pokemons because of this that's coming up so they're actually 
I, I can't really say working together, but they're they're aware of each other and they give updates on on everything. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, Nintendo's Pokemon's working together. And uh, yeah, we obviously talked about uh, Fallout Six and or seventy six. Sorry. Um, oh yeah. And and all that kind of stuff, but. Uh, for Bethesda. Yeah, for Bethesda, but uh, we don't want to touch on stuff we've already talked about in the last podcast. We want to... Uh, for, for If we're going into Bethesda, do you guys talk about uh, Rage 2? Oh, yeah. Oh, we touched oh, on Rage okay. 2. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, fine. Fine, I'll, I'm that far behind. Who do you think we are? All right, you guys cover it all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of covering it all, video games now will be all over E3, and we'll be watching all the press conferences, taking all the notes, releasing articles on our website, and also snippet videos uh basically summarizing all the all the press conferences and like short 10 to 12 minute videos just so you don't have to watch the whole press conference and uh i told cole we're doing that today and he's like oh man i'll be watching your videos because i don't have yeah, time that's what I'm, doing. I'm gonna watch i'm not gonna watch the full press conference i'm just gonna watch the short abridged version yeah <laughs> lots of swearing no just kidding um anyways so uh why don't we why don't we talk about microsoft first let's let's uh let's get into microsoft and uh what do you got, Will? What's your predictions for Microsoft? What do you think they're gonna bring to the table this year? Well, um, I think. Well, we know there's Halo Six, but the new um, rumors out there is that they're bringing a Halo game to E3, but it is not Halo Six. I wonder if it's like uh, that Halo Arcade that we uh, that well, we shared in our the website. The Halo Arcade is apparently only going to be arcade. So the only thing I can think of is that there's another Halo game that's been in development that's a spin-off similar to ODST or Reach man if they made like Reach 2 like I mean I know Reach 2 is like Halo 1 but a game very similar to Reach oh uh, money I, yeah, instant money my big Halo game too I played so much Reach yeah I, I still think it's the best multiplayer re, uh, Halo game out there I agree you can't knock Reach oh it's so good the maps <laughs> yeah, were Bungie. Bungie was all, or Reach was all Bungie. That was their last one that they did? Yeah. And then they sold it to 343, yeah. But yeah, I mean... No, right? Bungie still did Halo 4. No, no, 343 did Halo, Halo 4. That was the first one they did. You sure? Yeah. I actually know I something that you don't, apparently. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the way it is. <laughs> Wills are like, facts checker and um, know-it-all gamer dude, and then... Come on, Will. <laughs> oh, you're right. Yep. Come on, Will. Come on, Will. Take that one. Uh, and smoke it. Anyways, uh, yeah, no, I thought Reach had the best maps out of any of the Halos. Um, it had, per like, the close quarter maps. Um, I can't remember any of the names of them right now because I haven't played Halo Reach in, you know, a Coon's age. But, um, yeah, it had the best maps in terms of, like, the size, uh, the level design. It, 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 it just worked out really well. Um, and... and I don't know. I felt like everybody was like equally good at Halo Reach. Like there wasn't like superstar players. Like I felt like it, it just balanced out really well. You know? Yeah, the pacing for it was really, really good. Yeah, that's bit. Yeah, you you basically summarized everything I said in like three words. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was a well paced out game. I think the um, uh, I like the the campaign as well. The the single player campaign was a lot of fun. Yeah, I didn't expect everyone to die in the end, honestly. Oh, sorry, spoiler alert, but if you haven't played Reach by now, you're kind of late. Yeah, right, who's going to be picking up Reach new at the store and being like, I want to play this new Halo game. Yeah, and then they listen to this podcast. Oh, spoiler alert, I had seven and a half years to play this game. But I mean, it is a prequel to Halo 1, so we're, we're the all in Halo 1. Yeah, I, I guess, yeah. 
But uh, anyway, so Halo 6 obviously is what we're expecting at this because it's been three years, I think, now since the last Halo game came out. And we're hoping that it's not dog shit like Halo 5 was. What are your thoughts on that, Will? Yeah. Uh, I did not like Halo 5, so dog shit sums, uh, sums it up perfectly for me. It is not worth the do it is not worth the ground the dog shit lays on. So, yeah. Uh, anyways, so Halo Six needs to blow me out of the water. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where to even start with Halo Five because there's I had a lot of issues with it with um, the drastic change and change in gameplay where it didn't feel like Halo. It felt like more Call of Duty Advanced Warfare almost. If 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 that kind of builds a little bit of a picture for people. Um, what about you, Cole? What, do you, what were your thoughts on Halo 5? Man, my thoughts on Halo 5 is I barely played it. Like, I could not get into it. I tried. I played, like, I played Halo 2, 3, Reach. I played ODST. And then 5 was kind of the one that that killed it for me a little bit. I just I couldn't get into it. I, I like the... I like fighting aliens. You know, like, I'm not a huge into games where there's a lot of like robot fighting and the um the alien species that they brought in like the kind of the mechanic one uh yeah the uh, Pro prometheans yeah those i just like fighting those it's just, just nothing like when you're shooting something and like metals and sparks are coming off it's just not as satisfying as like blood and guts and bits you know like if i'm gonna be f shooting something i want to take the life from it rather than shut it down for sure yeah and and i found with the this is becoming a halo podcast more than the e3 podcast but i found um with the exception of two, um, all the Halos have a have a, a very fair challenge. Like when you're playing on Legendary, you know when you when you uh, beat like say you know a group of elites or a group of brutes or whatever, like you feel really really good because you've outsmarted these characters who are actually like the AI is really really good, right? So you, you have this satisfaction as a player that you, you've overcome this obstacle. Whereas Halo Two is just a bloodbath, uh, uh, not favoring you, obviously. Yeah. Those so I think go ahead, we Will. should start uh, cutting it soon though on a Halo because we have a lot of other games. <laughs> we should maybe do a Halo uh, podcast in the future. I, I'm sure we all have a lot to talk about there. There's a lot of content there. We'll talk about Halo after Halo Six is um, teased, and we'll just kind of break down the uh, the trailer and all that kind of stuff. I think so. We'll, is how we'll play that that card game. Yeah, and if the trailer's hot garbage, that's literally what it's going to end up being. Oh, buddy. Yeah, hot garbage. Did it you shall. guys go ahead uh, to help us get off the Halo topic? Did you guys? Um, are you guys excited for Call of Duty Black Ops Four? Well, we kind of I'm briefly. Mixed. Yeah, we, yeah, we're both mixed. We briefly talked about it on a pr previous podcast, but um, I'm interested to see how the battle royale is going to play out. And I and we were talking about how much damage it would do to Fortnite, and we thought, well, I thought that uh, I don't think it's going to do much damage to Fortnite at all. Maybe for a week, like everyone will buy I don't it. Think it'll do any damage to Fortnite. Yeah, it'll like for a week. You know, the the server count might go down while everyone tries out Black Ops Four Battle Royale, and then it's going to be just balls, and then everyone's going to go back to Fortnite. Right. I mean, even if it's not just balls, it's it's not going to be the same because because. Call of Duty, like even if it's really, really good, like let's just say the battle royale for Call of Duty is really, really good. That's not what holds up the game. So even if people like it and they bounce back and forth to it, I don't think anybody's gonna leave Fortnite to to make this their new platform. Even if it's good, even if it's bad, I don't think it's gonna hurt the numbers no matter how 
how it works because yeah. it's not what Call of Duty is. There's so much more to Call of Duty. This is just one aspect of it. Where Fortnite, that's the whole, the whole thing. You well, know, they also have the zombies mode as well coming up in the, in this version. So yeah, that'll be interesting. I like I, again, like I've said in the, we're, we're basically digging up our graves here from past podcasts. But um, yeah, I mean. The zombie mode, I'm hoping, is a little bit more fleshed out than the one in World War II, because just the one map. I mean, the one map was, you know, had a lot. You had a lot to do, and you had an uh, alternative objective throughout the the mode. But like I said, it's just the one level, right? There, there was no, there was no more. I'm sure there's more levels now that I traded the game in, and yeah, I don't care anymore. The, um, I think they're they they've already released the second. Uh, Death Shores or, or the Darkest Shores. That was the second zombie map, and they're working on the third one right now. Okay. But yeah, Darkest Darkest Shores was pretty much exactly the same as the first one, but it took place on a like an island, like a bunker island, right. and you just go through the the bunkers, and you can ride on mine carts, and you, but it's very um, the steps you have to take. Like there's a lot of um, objectives you have to do in order to beat the easter egg so you're constantly doing steps and you're con- like every single level and every single zombie you do it counts towards doing the steps there's not a lot of like survival to it right unless you unless you try to go out of your way it's very uh easter egg step oriented rather than survival and like hunker down like say like the very very first zombie map was that's uh small house right okay that uh, that sounds interesting, but it doesn't make me want to go buy the game again because um, yeah, I played a lot of the of World War Two, but I got kind of bored relatively yeah. quick. The the thing that annoyed me was the uh, the costumes. Like everybody could just buy or not buy, but everybody could unlock all the different wardrobe for their character. Yeah, and I just got confused. I couldn't tell who was on my team and who wasn't because everybody looked so different or exactly the same that I couldn't tell who was on what team. And I play on hardcore, so I mean. You end up shooting your buddy in the back of the head because he's dressed exactly the same as the guy who's killed you like 13 times in the last match. Yeah. All right, so let's move along in the podcast here for uh, for Microsoft. So uh, obviously there will be some sort of new Forza, I'd imagine. Yeah, I'm not big on racing, but there's definitely going to be a new Forza. It's one of their big titles. Yeah, Forza Horizon and 4, yeah. It yeah. was leaked, was it not, uh, with the, the Walmart Forza you know what? Yeah, it was. It was. Something. Yeah. Well, yeah, Forza yeah. 5. Where's Forza 4? Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, Forza Horizon 4 um, will probably get s- revealed at some point. And, um, I mean, there's not much to talk about a racing game. You like, you know, you drive um, and you try to win. And um, I don't know. I haven't played any of the other Forza games, so I can't really bash it too much. I don't yeah. know about you guys. Uh, I've played... Uh... I played, uh, I think it was the one they announced like two years ago. Forza. I uh, can't remember. It, it was good. Like, it, I really liked the, the aspect and the physics of the game. Right. But I just feel like driving games, like, they just don't have any story or whatnot. You're just racing. Yeah. And it's just nothing that keeps me very into the game. I lose interest very fast. Yeah. Um, I, 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 sorry, Cole. Um, I, uh, I was digging uh, Need for Speed Underground when it first came out because you could uh, modify your car, and I thought that, that was cool. 
and that I mean maintain my interest longer. But yeah, same thing. You just you lose interest because it's just a repetitive game. Mm -hmm. I played a lot of Need for Speed Underground. That was an awesome game. Um, and then uh, so moving on with Microsoft, probably a way bigger one than Forza Horizon Four would be Gears of War. That it would. Uh... This one has been rumored for a while. Um, I can't. Cole would know this is the best because he's a bit of a gearhead. Uh, when was our last Gears of War? Uh, our last Gears of War was uh, oh, was it four years ago? Um, maybe it was less than that because I I have the Gears of War special Xbox edition which came out October. Oh, it came out in 2016, so just just two years ago. And uh, there, there's a there's a, a rumor going around that there could, we could get a triple threat Gears of War thing going on here, where they have a main core game, and then they'll have um, a like a traditional sequel, if you will, and then they'll have a real time strategy title in the style of Halo Wars and uh, a battle royale mode. So, what, uh, you know, how how, do, how how does your panties feel after that? Hearing that news, Cole. Wow, actually, I'm just looking this up right now. I had not heard anything about that before. And um, that sounds pretty crazy. I I'm huge into strategy games, and I like I said, I uh, we talked about it in our in our strategy. When I feel like Halo Five kind of missed the mark a little bit, but if they're able to nail it for for Gears of War, that would be awesome. I would be very very much into that because I, I love the world. I think there's so much like even in Gears of War One when you first start off, there's so much that happens before that i guess they touch into a little bit in, in gears of war judgment but uh there's so much around the world that they live in and uh i think it would be really cool to see that in a in a strategic game and even battle royale like i love the horde mode i think uh horde in gears of war is so much fun horde 2 or uh gears of war 2 horde was my favorite because it was just very simple you know i i enjoyed the building aspect but i just loved in Gears of War 2 how terrifying it was when you just get dropped on a map and you're constantly being berated by enemies so I think a Battle Royale version would be I think that would be really fun so that does uh, that gets, get my panties all knotted up yeah and uh, it seems like there you know with now that we have the big PC base I guess for Windows 10 and uh, Microsoft's uh, kind of releasing dual releasing all these Games both on the on console and on PC. I think that the the f call it the f the user base because there's there's already a big fan base, but the user base is going to expand even more with with the Windows 10. Yeah, I'm digging that because I mean I I do that like I have my Xbox and my my PC, so I'm doubling up on on everything. Like I'll play Sea of Thieves on my Xbox or I'll play it on my my PC depending on the mood I feel in it. I'm going more hardcore i'll play it on pc but if i'm casual and just collecting stuff so i like the the fact that microsoft is is um what is it called play anywhere the play anywhere games i'm i love them. yeah the i only have one major issue with uh because i play on pc too um on the in the xbox app i have one major is issue with the xbox app and that is um that the i guess the ip helper thing in the services for in your computer like totally fucks with your nat your nat type so i'll join up like uh, i've this has happened to us multiple times well i've joined your tried to join your party and then i've joined your party but i can't talk to you because it won't let me talk to you and then i have I, to go, go through all these different steps to like get my microphone to work and it's just super annoying for me i was i did the same thing my microphone wasn't working and it, something got messed up and it, it was like you have to um 
deactivate this certain file that's on your computer and it tells you how to get down to that file but my computer didn't even have that file so i had to go to a different part of my computer to tell my computer that i had the file like yeah it's just a complete mess to figure out how to get there and it took me a few hours to finally get my microphone working so i fully agree with you on that yeah but uh, anyway, so Microsoft is, uh, I think I think they got a g- decent enough lineup to hold their own at this E3. Who, um, Will, in your humble opinion, who do you think's taken the E3 cake home uh, over the last few E3s? Last year, it was definitely uh, Nintendo with the Switch. But I think in the last decade, it's been Sony. Sony and nothing but Sony. Pretty well, yeah. Um, We'll talk about Sony a little bit later in the podcast, but uh, and their lineup. But yes, just just looking at uh, uh, the overall titles that we think are coming to the Switch. Or I'm sorry, uh, are coming to uh, uh, to Microsoft's press conference. I do think they have a, a decent enough lineup where they can hold their their own against Nintendo, and because uh, they're going to be a big com- uh, con- contributor to this this uh, this E3 with uh, Smash Brothers and probably the new Metroid, right? So. We got to, yeah, we got they got Halo, they got Forza, they got uh, probably Triple Threat Gears, and uh, probably Crackdown Three, like you like you said. Well, Crackdown Three has been in development for a while. It's been, I guess, it was announced way too early. That's why it's been delayed too many times that it's aggravated fans. The hype is like surrounding the game is now pretty much faded. I, I think Microsoft, if they want Crackdown to be any type of title that. Uh, uh, you know, sell those copies that they're going to have to uh, really push a good showing for Crackdown 3 at uh, E3 next, er, over the weekend. Yeah. If I had a dollar for every time a game actually got released on time, I could probably buy a coffee. You'd probably be buying a coffee store. Nah. How many, how many games have actually been released on time? Like, none. They all get pushed. They all get pushed. They're like, oh yeah, yeah. we'll release it early 28... 28- 2018. Oh no, sorry, it's now holiday 2018. It's a uh, they always get pushed. They're always behind. Uh, we can't forget Microsoft. Uh, last year also announced quite a few interesting indie titles. Yes, and remember uh, there was uh, one game called The Last Night. I remember it was kind of like a, a two 2.5D platform game in a cyberpunk world where the machines have taken over the world. Was that awesome? Yeah, and then there was that other one, um, the We We Happy Few. Oh yeah, We is... Happy Few. I was really into that, but I never ended up buying it. It's on my wish list on Steam. Yeah, well, it had a it, the the beta. The game was very broken or something in the beta, so it lost a lot of its um, momentum. But the game is now being published by Gearbox, and it's set to release this year on Xbox One, PS4, and PC. So I have a, I, I expect we, the Happy Few, to have a debut trailer. Um, hopefully for Xbox because they were planning it off as one of their big indie titles. Interesting. Yeah, and I still see stuff popping up. Like it's so weird. I'll hear nothing about it, and all of a sudden, like this big thing will come out where they're announcing it, and then it'll just disappear again. Yeah, I'm actually uh, excited to go back to the uh, Nindy Lounge this year at PAX. Uh, Will, man, I had the most fun there. Yeah, well, we were we first in line, but we totally we, we totally were cheated. So shady. <laughs> oh, we totally cheated that line. But uh, so yeah, um, for those who don't know, PAX West, uh, their tickets went on sale last week, and we got some tickets for obviously the VGN crew to go there, and uh, we'll, we'll 
cover some stuff there for you guys, but there might be a chance that we're giving away some stuff later, uh, probably later in the month. Uh, we'll we'll start our contest for uh, possibly getting some free tickets to PAX, so stay tuned for that. And uh, yeah, we're going to go back to PAX and have a good old, good old time. Maybe you guys can meet us there. All right, so let's... Uh, Let's move it along here. Microsoft, I think uh, I think we've tied that bow nice and neat here. So why don't we move down to uh, EA? Let's uh, let's talk about some EA stuff. What do you guys uh, you guys excited for NHL 19 or what? what, what you know, what do you think? Man, I my oh, go ahead. Uh, okay, my NHL game, NHL peaked for me in 2000, NHL 2004. That was my my NHL game. Uh, I've played some of the new ones and I really enjoy them, but um, for me they're they're almost too too complicated. Like I'm not very good at sports games, and uh, my my buddies are really really big into it. And I just find like flicking the stick and all the fancy things that they have, I just can't really get into it too much. So uh, I'm sticking with my NHL 2004. I'm going to share my your your feelings with the with the NHL series because 2003 was my favorite. Um, I did buy. I don't buy them every year because it's a waste of money. But um, so I basically every seven years I bought it. So I bought. Uh, so I had 2003, and then I bought 2010, and then I bought 2017. So I've been alive a long time. Um, yeah. So I, every, you know, every seven years I give it another shot, see what's been updated. I didn't mind 10. I, I liked the, the options, or sorry, the the um, amount of game modes that it had, and then 17 had pretty well the same game modes they had be a gm mode or whatever and that was kind of stupid honestly i don't really care about the behind the scenes of how to make a hockey team i just want to play the freaking game so yeah that was kind of my feelings on it but yeah 2003 i think was my favorite that's funny 2003 was your favorite 2004 was my favorite i Um, think like cole said like the games for ea especially as we get like more uh, I don't know, strategical and stuff like that. The controls, they're getting a lot harder. I really like Madden now, like the controls from switching between characters and catching, throwing, rushing. It, it, it's it's complicated. It's not as easy as it used to be. And I think that's super rewarding though. You know, like if you're into the games, if you love those games, that's such a good a good thing, you know? It's like the being able to master that, it, it feels much more... Um, it's like mastering any other game, you know? So I, I feel like it, it is more rewarding, but for somebody who just wants to sit down and just, like, play for fun, you know, or just, like, sit down and kind of have, it like, a party game, it it takes away a little bit from that, you know? It separates the uh, having fun from being really, really good. And also, like, you know, for someone like me who has a fiancé that is not into video games and I want to maybe be like, hey, you should play this game with me. If she's playing a game where, like, you have to push you know, 16 different buttons all at once, she's going to freak out and not play with me. Yeah, definitely. So, Pokemon uh, Let's Go is, is it looks like it's, because you can, you just need one Joy-Con from the Switch to play it, so hopefully I can get her on board with that. I yeah. think going back to EA, though, also, have you noticed they've been adding story to their games? Especially their sports titles. Like a couple years ago, we had FIFA with a like a career mode, but it's actually following like that one character's story. And then last year we had the in Madden, the uh, football uh, college career or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, like I have a feeling this year we might get that with NHL. That's good because um, it gives you a purpose to the game more than just oh I'm playing for my 
the team I like. As like like I played be uh, be a pro in in a- NHL games, and I liked it because it was my character, right? And I wanted to continue through my own career. But if mm-hmm. you're given a story like um, I didn't play the FIFA one, but I would imagine it's like oh you know they're never gonna give me a chance to be on a soccer team, and then you are, and then you want you know you're you're given more drive to complete the the story of the of the, uh, of the game. Yeah, like it follows like high school, college and stuff like that. And then you go pro and then, you know, you pick your team and, you know, you still play for them and try to keep going. Um, do, you, do you guys play NBA at all? Oh, I hate basketball with a passion. Like the actual yeah. sport. I hate it. I, basketball is my favorite sport. I love playing it. But um, uh, do you guys know about the uh, NBA 2K16? Uh, yes. Um, yes, the one where you're like yeah. a tune. Yeah, that's that's where you're taking your story to. Yeah, Spike Spike Lee's version of that story was just so freaking ridiculous. Like, there's I think there's a good way to balance uh, sport and story, but you, you can't overkill a sports game with uh, with too much story. Yeah, I, I yeah I agree with that as well. But yeah, yeah, moving on from sports though, EA also has the license to Star Wars that they do so what do they have to do to win the star wars fanboys back from star wars battlefront 2 they need story story release uh the original battlefront 2 just re-release that game with better graphics (laughs) that's all they need to do who cares about anything else just re-release battlefront 2 with the graphics for now and it'll be perfect yeah, yeah, that's I, all anybody wants. That's all anybody wants. Go ahead, Will. I kind of want another uh, some uh, campaign, like Star Wars campaign. Like I really liked um, what was that one for the original Xbox? I'm trying to remember. Uh, I was even when you started uh, Jedi Academy. Oh man, um, uh, the what's that called? Where you started in the Jedi Academy and then your choices are what you wanted. You could either pick the light side or the dark side. Um, Star Wars Jedi. I was uh, even, yeah, I think it's Star Wars Jedi Academy, yeah. I was even thinking of the one for the 64. I'm thinking of the one for the GameCube. Bah. <laughs> We're just all like lost in thought thinking about these old Star Wars games. This game had the best multiplayer. Like before, uh, I mean, when GameCube only had like you play with your buddy split screen. Star Wars Jedi Academy had like the best split screen multiplayer ever. I played that for hours. I would love something like that. So I'm definitely behind Will on on that. What about? Uh, yeah, it was Jedi Knight Jedi Academy. What about a, like a Star Wars like Battle Royale? I'm totally, no. I'm totally shitting you. No. That's a, yeah. no. Um, <laughs> Let's just make everything a battle royale. Let's well, just that's... not make games anymore. Just have everybody only make battle royales, and that's it. And then eventually it's going to be VR, but then you're like actually fighting the game for real like it's the Hunger Games. Um, Wait, I have a comment else? for that. Like, As much as I love my friends, Cole, Rodney, everyone else that's probably listening, I, I still like to play single-player games. They cannot just cut single player. Like, I don't always want to have to play with a friend. And A Way Out is a good example of that. 
because you well, could a way out. You have to play it. Oh yeah, I know. That's what I mean. Out. That's what I mean. You're like, oh, we need to finish a way out, and I'm like, meh. And then we never did, and then you ended up playing with some other guy, some yeah. other some other friend. You'd be like stabbing the back wheel. How many times have I asked you to go back? And you're like, yeah. Yeah, but anyways, <laughs> with uh, single player games is will. What's that? Where's where's the money? How how come the studios aren't making money? They need to make the money. So if you're gonna buy it, your friends all gotta buy it. It's all about it's all about the money. But that still happens. Like look at Far Cry. Far Cry is single player. The game is still a, a huge success. Um, other than like the new DLC that apparently just came out this week being complete garbage. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm interested in that, but it doesn't look very good. Well, yeah. I mean, the, uh, was it the Alien one? Uh, no. It's oh, it was the, the, Vietnam, the, Viet- the Vietnam, Vietnam one. Yeah. Interesting that it was garbage. Yeah. The, like I like I said in the Far Cry podcast, like the game was really really good until the end. The ending sucked. That's probably what was wrong with this, too. I didn't really watch. I watched a few videos of it. I haven't played it because I haven't picked up uh, 5 yet. But from everyone and the reviews just said it wasn't... It didn't live up to the the standard that they wanted as a game. It's too bad. Um, But going back to E3 here, um, or EA at E3, um, they're also going to showcase probably um, Anthem, I would imagine. I was going to bring up Anthem. Yeah, Anthem will definitely be showcased. That's Bioware's next big IP. Um, I don't think it's just going to be shown at EA. I have a feeling it's going to be shown on multiple stages, especially if someone can score um, exclusive content, like Sony always seems to. I think uh, Anthem would be a great title for Microsoft to get like some exclusive content from. Yeah, it's it's um, it definitely looks interesting. I watched that trailer you sent me, and... Um... Yeah, it, it definitely looks interesting for sure. I'll probably try that out. It this looking at Anthem, it kind of reminds me of when they first released uh, uh, Destiny. Like, it it kind of has the same feel. Like, I don't think it'll play the same or anything, but it makes me feel the same kind of looking at it because it's it's like a mystery, but it looks like it has so much potential behind it as well. Yeah, I'm with you there, but uh, like. Well, I'm really hoping to see more gameplay. We've only seen teasers, a little bit of gameplay here and there since it's been announced last year. E3, I think it will make the decision for me if this is a title I will be buying next year, which I think it already has because I'm super excited for it. I hope but... there's tons of uh, loot boxes and loot crates. And, uh, <laughs> that's what I'm looking forward to. I, I don't really want them to go that way because I know they they're really teasing the customization for your armors that you can like your flying suits or whatever. I really don't want to have to get like my upgrades or whatnot from loot crates. That would just I'm oh. that there's almost no single player option, and if there is, it's super disappointing <laughs> with an uninspired story, and that there's tons of loot crates. That is like <laughs> everything I'd want in this. Your sarcasm <laughs> is just perfect. <laughs> it's I'm not being sarcastic. That's what I want. <laughs> so hard. If that's really what you want, then like the first thing I'm gonna do next time I see I you is like pull your like Royale. eyes out of your head. Yeah. <laughs> Just sever oh, sever your art your hands off so you can't play video games anymore. I actually think about that. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought like even if you lost like a finger, you know? Oh like, man, that would be crazy. But um. That, that brings me up. Did you guys see that new Xbox controller that they have for disabled people? Like that massive yep. controller that you can play with your mouth and your like your elbow and your 
that's I thought that was really cool. Like I'm super stoked that Xbox is doing that. I'm going to look that up because I have not seen that. That no, it's yeah. really cool. It's like this massive. It's not like a controller, like your regular controller, but it's like a bunch of. It almost looks like a drum set. Like you set it up, and you can play like however your disability is. So like if you have like your arm is like amputated up to your like elbow, they have like a certain controller that you can use for that. Or if you're like missing fingers or something like that, they have all these different pieces you can put together. Interesting. I'm just yeah, looking, it's really cool. I'm just looking at at uh, images now. Yeah, holy, that's uh. That's some innovation right there. I didn't know Xbox did that. I think it was smart because the only other console that actually really allowed uh, dis- disabled uh, players to play was PC with a lot of their added um, controllers and um, like keyboards that they could get. Yeah. Yeah. There's a guy who plays uh, PUBG only using his mouth. Like I know. Wins, I've like, seen him. He's time. good, dude. Yeah, he's, he's really good. He uh, also plays uh, Warcraft. Well, he used to. Oh, that's man. Could you imagine getting just destroyed by like that guy? Like, hey man, I mean, you know what? Enough, I'd uh, give them props. I, I'd clap, slow clap right there. <laughs> um, I, I don't want to stray too far off topic, but you guys, um, uh, I'm he- really excited for Metro Exodus. Oh, I love the Metro series. Um, I, I that's another game that's apparently uh, been delayed till next year, which kind of pissed me off. But yeah, that sucks. Yeah, I really say 2019. I want yeah. That. Wait, the Metro series overall, man, they're great. Like the last one, Last Light, I loved it. Oh, Last Light took like uh, Metro 2023. Was that what it was? Yeah. Uh, Metro 2023 was so good. And Last Light just took everything that was good with it and made it so much better. And I really hope if they just do the same with Exodus, they take everything that made Last Light and just make it better. It's going to be, it'll be one of my favorite games because I love Last Light so much. Yeah, we haven't really seen too much of Exodus. I want to see more story and where this is actually taking place. We've only kind of seen a little bit of teasers with the trailer, yeah, so you don't really know too trailer, much of the story, right? I love. Yeah, we don't yeah. really know. Actually, I think they do have quite a bit of the trailer. Like, I mean, uh, or the story, not through trailer, but just through like reading about the game. Like, it's yeah. more you're trying to. You found out you can like live above ground, and now you're trying to find a place to live or to move and get out of the the metro which is uh i think it's cool because i love the open world aspect of um the dlc that they had the uh, museum dlc that they had for last light was oh, my yeah. favorite bit. i played that dlc over and over again like i would beat it and just play it again i loved the open world so if they make this whole thing into an open world like they did that that dlc i'm i'm gonna love this game Rodney's being super quiet, so I'm guessing we're talking about a game he has no idea about. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm on Facebook now. Um, actually, speaking of, now that I opened Facebook, I just went to our page. We uh, just launched our new shirt, that the really funny one that we were talking about in the last podcast. Uh, so you guys should check it out. We'll, we'll share it on our Facebook and our Instagram just so you guys can check it out. Um, blow, 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 blow. <laughs> um, Cole, have you seen it? No, I'm going on a Facebook right now. I'm looking at it. Yeah, looking at it. You're on our Facebook. You're on our Facebook page, right? Uh, video. If not, man, you've been on the podcast like multiple times. Shame on you. I don't use Facebook. Like I, I don't, I don't use it. I don't like it. I, I feel like it's not a good platform whatsoever. So I avoid it. The only reason I use it is because there's only there's some things you have to get on Facebook. Yeah. So uh, that's the only reason why I use it. So. Gotcha. Um, is it your Spirit of Gamer shirt? No, it's nope. it's uh, newer than that. Because I remember seeing that one. I like that one a lot. Is it in the shop? I'm checking this. It out. is in the shop. Yeah, 
but the slow uh, one? Yes. Yep. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious. Yeah, we yeah like... we wanted to come up with an idea that's kind of retro. So we thought about like an NES cartridge and blowing, and then Rodney's like, "What about a cop?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, we got this." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that a lot. That's really cool. Oh, um, Will brought this up on the in the last podcast, but he said um, Starlink, and he was I can't remember what you're talking about exactly. I don't even remember what the frick it was. But uh, anyways, when he said Starlink, I literally just pictured like Link in a fucking R wing, just like sunglasses on like deal with it <laughs> deal with it yeah um and we should I, th- I thought maybe we should get that made into a shirt of some sort we That's just cool. have to make sure we don't uh screw up with a license <laughs> we'll make link look like lonk or something i uh i did get us <laughs> off track i was like i don't want to get too far off track and then my my metro last life brought us to this point yeah <laughs> um yeah e- anyways uh e3 yeah back on topic slap myself in the face uh, yeah, EA also has uh, Battlefield Five, which we've talked about obviously as well. With uh, with that being in the news recently, and uh, so we obviously know what mine and, and Will's uh, thoughts on that are. So, Cole, what are your thoughts on Battlefield Five? Are you excited for that? Yes, I am. I in the the my earlier stages of life, the um, how do you put it? The Call of Duty Battlefield War. You know which one are you gonna play as a kid you you can only pick one you only have enough money to pick one i always picked uh, call of duty so i just recently got into battlefield and uh i loved three and i loved uh four and i loved one a lot so i'm really excited to see what they're gonna do for five and kind of bring did you um, play uh sorry battlefield one um oh yes i played a lot of battlefield one yes yes i did yeah i mean uh I like I said in the podcast. I really like Battlefield One, and I'm hoping that Battlefield Five is basically Battlefield One Two. I was gonna say, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see them bring the graphics and the um, the mechanics from Battlefield One into um, their next their next step. You know, so yeah, it's gonna be super excited. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely still for it. All right, so I mean, I th- I pretty well think that covers EA. Will I? You know what? What do you think? I can't think of anything else. Yeah, I mean, B- Battlefield Five is all I care about because uh, I the the one game mode that looks like operate grand called Grand Operations. It just looks like fucking awesome. So I'm stoked. Anyways, oh, I, when I watched the trailer for Battlefield Five, I it was a really well done trailer, but I almost thought it was too much in a way. You know, like it 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 was just so much like going on which is exactly what battlefield is but i almost thought it was too much right maybe it's just me yeah it could be could be just you (laughs) (laughs) um all right we should move on to sony here because we're 40 minutes into the podcast so we should uh maybe give some love to sony for a little bit here so um i'm just reading an article on polygon here it says sony will cut back on big announcements so that's interesting because, like you said earlier, Will, Sony was kind of like the king dick of E3 for the, for a number of years. So, obviously, they're going to announce, or not announce, but show off more of Spider-Man before its release this year. It is being, uh, Spider-Man's being released this year. I was just making sure you guys were paying attention. Yeah, uh, September, I was just trying to think, um, what, like, I, I just can't see Sony holding back. Yeah, I guess. they they go to E3 with the guns like out, like they're ready for war. 
Pretty well, yeah. And especially with uh, Nintendo's potential big lineup this year. And, uh, I mean, Xbox has a, you know, a couple of good ones too. Halo, like we said earlier, Halo and uh, Forza and, Gear- and the, the Triple Threat Gears. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure what Sony could bring to the table this year other than uh, maybe maybe a little bit of Days Gone. Well, they just revealed a brand new trailer for Days Gone uh, this morning. Uh, they, so they could show it off again, but I have a feeling what they're doing with these uh, pre-E3 announcements is kind of uh, giving them more time to focus on other games at the conference. Right. But yeah, like Days Gone looks amazing. I, I really like the idea of an open-world zombie-ish game, though it's not zombies. Apparently, they're called Freakazoids or something. Freaks or something. Freaks. Yeah. I mean, they're just zombies. Every every zombie genre has their own word for zombie because they people a lot of people get scared off by the word zombie. They hear zombie and they're like, "Oh, it's another zombie game." You know, you have to you have to have your own terminology for it. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that, that they to... tease a lot about they they tease a lot about in like so many games they do this where they like each playthrough is different. Each choice you make affects the world and in these these massive um open world games i find myself playing them and feeling like my decisions don't actually make a huge difference after the t- the t- trailer says it will and this did the same thing like it showed you your character taking on a camp in like a bunch of different ways and all these things that you can do it they're like if you do this it does this and this and this but i always feel like those when they tease that they nobody ever quite gets it to the point where i feel like everybody is having their own adventure does that make sense to you guys yeah yeah so i hope they get that right like i mean i hope when you you, when you play it it actually does affect everything around you because i i don't think i've quite played a game where i feel i played a bunch of different ways and a bunch of different things happen you know i just feel like i'm doing things at different times like i'm replaying skyrim right now and i feel like i'm just doing the same things i did in my first playthroughs of skyrim just at different times i get you so yeah, I hope when a game pulls that off, I'm gonna be super excited. Where everything does actually affect everything. Yeah. Um, also, the zombies are called freakers. <laughs> ah, freakers. Yeah. So the game will feature um, the characters' um, motorcycle that you drive throughout the game. You have your freakers. Um, there's wildlife, uh, infected animals as well. There's also the R.I.P. cult. Overall, yes. yeah, like the game looks really good. Like, even looking at this new trailer that was released this morning, the graphics just blow me away. Um, I I feel like I it looks so good and it looks like it's going to be an awesome game. Uh, I always did. You guys ever play the game Ark? We talked about it a little bit on the. Yeah, we've talked about it many times. I I still haven't played it. Uh, it I'm hoping to because it's supposed to be getting released for uh, the Switch later this year. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, I have the Xbox Special Edition, but I almost want a zombie game that's similar to Ark. When you play it, Will, you might get a better idea, or if anybody who's listening has played Ark, I feel like a zombie game in the style of Ark, that it, like, you could say that, um, uh, what's that game? Um, Seven Days to Die could be that, yeah. but, but like, full on, like, a f- in that style would be really good, so I want something like that, and I remember in a time where I really, really wanted a game like that, days gone the first trailer came out and i was like oh man this is what i wanted but then i saw this trailer and it almost ruined it a little bit for me 
not yeah. because of the game, but just because of my expectations of what I wanted and then what I saw. So I, I really hope it blows my socks off. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to it myself. And uh, We just got to get you a PS4 this year, Rodney. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I do have to admit, the one thing though Sony has for them is their Japanese. Uh, they really have some great Japanese games. Um, if you're fans of like anime and stuff like that, you get all these great, great like RPGs. Yeah, um, and I mean, that's kind of all you really want to do with with anime related video games is just have them be RPGs in a way, I guess. Like you get your um, whatever the um, like the Dynasty Warrior type games with like One Piece and 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 the Hyrule Warriors and all those, those are fun. But uh, those get really repetitive really fast, and it's it's hard to maintain. Like I'm playing Hyrule yeah. Warriors right now, the, the the definitive edition, and I'm already bored, and I'm barely halfway through the yeah. story. But see, like PS4, like they have Sword Art Online, they have um, the Tales series, which is amazing. It's just the RPGs on the Sony side blow everything away. Okay, when they, when they, why can't they develop a Sword Art Online game for like VR? Because that's that's that would make so much sense. I actually think there's one in development right now. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Cole, have you Cole? You watch anime, I imagine, right? I do, but actually, I I never watched Sword Art Sword Art Online. Because when I was first getting into anime, uh, a bunch of I was working at Target, and a bunch of people that I worked there, they all watched anime, and we were talking about what our favorite ones is. And this one girl was like, "I like Sword Art Online," and everybody I was with was like, "No, don't watch that. It sucks." And uh, they just went off on it. So everybody that I was getting into anime with had a big dislike for it. So I never actually watched it. Man, those whoever those kids were needs a fucking smack because that. Yeah, that... I mean, I was like, I, I can't remember how old I was. I was pretty young at the time. I was like. 1920. Yeah, but yeah, Sword Art Online was so goddamn good. Um, the first, like, it's kind of split into it's 24 ep- or 26 episodes or whatever the hell it is, but it's split into like two major arcs, and the first arc is just so good. It just blew my goddamn mind. Like, I can't even. Nice. I feel like anime can blow your socks off like nothing else. Like the first time I watched Attack on Titan, it made me feel the feels like I've never felt before. So you saying that makes me excited. I might. Or I, I definitely will check it out now. Um, and Wait. then uh, the the other one, my personal favorite is Steins Gate. Oh, we're talking about anime oh, yeah. video game podcast. Yeah, Steins Gate like blows your fucking mind. Um, back to back to Sony. Do you guys? Do you guys are excited about Detroit uh, Become Human? Uh, the game's already out, Cole. <laughs> what? Is it? Yeah, it, that's the game Mark uh, has been playing the last... Uh, well, actually, he just finished it on the weekend. But yeah, it's already. it came out uh, May 22nd. Oh, man. We, all the trailers that I watched seemed like it was so far away. I didn't even realize that it was, it was out already. <laughs> well, is my face red? <laughs> <laughs> but I do have a game for us that I, I, I'm super excited for, even though the trailer's always... You know, I still don't know what this game's about or what's going on, but Death Stranding, Kojima's new game. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. The game that PT was uh, supposed to be? Yeah, like, I still, like, every time I see, the, like, the first trailer where um, Norman Reedus is holding the, the baby and he's, like, butt naked <laughs> waking up, that was the first year, I think two years ago, when the game was announced. I didn't know what the game was about. Last year, they showed off some gameplay and some more uh, story, like, uh, 
trailer, and I still don't understand what this game is about. It just looks so good. It's Kojima. It's got Mads Mikkelsen. It's got Norman Reedus. Like, what can you ask? Oh, man. <laughs> That's a full house right there. I feel like the games like uh, The Evil Within, for instance, you know, like these kind of crazy, off-the-wall Japanese games, I feel like there's a really careful line between ridiculous and, like, really, really good story. You know, like um, uh, Metal Gear dances around that quite a bit, where sometimes you're like, oh my god, this is so good. And sometimes you're like, this is crazy ridiculous. This game feels like it's going to be on the good side and dipping into the ridicu ridiculousness that we love, but not to the point that it ruins it. So I'm definitely excited for it. Yeah, and like we just said, the star power behind this game alone, like, this is a video game, and they have, like, two huge actors in it. Yeah, dude, Maz Mikkelsen is my friggin' hero. The guy's awesome. Yeah, I love Norman Reedus. I remember him back uh, from Boondock Saints before he started making oh, it big. Man. Boondock <laughs> Saints. That was such a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> Even yeah. two was good, man. Dude, those <laughs> Still are such bro If you want to, if you want to just get together with some bros and just watch two Irish guys just shoot up a Russian mob, <laughs> that's like that's, that's your, your movie. movie. <laughs> that's your. Movie. <laughs> Sorry, I have a special love for Boondock Saints. The first time I watched it, I was like, this movie is so good. Yeah. It's a fire fight. Oh, <laughs> man. man. I'm guessing Rodney hasn't watched the movie. No, so I've, we probably... I've... Yeah, I, I haven't watched the full movie, but I've seen bits it's, and pieces actually, of it. Actually, I recently watched the director's cut, and um, if it's your first time watching it, don't watch the director's cut. Because the director's cut's really good, but it's it doesn't focus on like the fun shoot 'em up thing more it focuses on like the brothers relationship a little bit in the beginning and, right. and kind of pushing on to the middle so definitely watch the the theatrical first and then the director i think don't jump right. i think that's kind of standard for every movie is just don't watch the director's cut because like take lord of the rings if you watch the director's cut for lord of the rings the first time you just like way better time to spend yeah it's like 45 extra minutes to it. I mean, it's already this massive movie. If it's your first time, you don't want to add in that extra 45 Dude, no, it, it's like a 17-hour journey to watch all three movies. <laughs> but could you imagine talking about director's cuts? Like, could you imagine a director's cuts of video games? That'd be amazing. Like, there has to be so much content that never makes it into the game. Well, they kind yeah, of... That's they kind of make... Sorry, Cole. Yeah, they kind of make Easter eggs sometimes. Easter eggs, yeah, but, like, I even, like, know there's a lot more, like, even in, like, movies, like, I have a, a friend who works uh, for an animation studio uh, for so that's owned by Sony, and, well, I, I can't really say what she's working on now, but she tells me all the time, like, half the work they do ends up on the floor. Well, I mean... You know, and it's got to be the same way for games. Like, they can't just have an idea of what they want, and that's the only stuff that they animate or whatnot. Like, it's not till they're in their testing phases that they're like, okay, we should take this out of the game. I don't... I don't that's a that's a really interesting thing to think about, because, I mean, uh, Naughty Dogs is a really good example of that, and they have so much behind the scenes that you can watch. And, I mean, most of the stuff that they don't get through is, like performances i mean they'll do a bunch of takes of their motion cap characters and stuff yeah. like that but i think most of the story that they write makes it in but that's really that's kind of an interesting thought well even just look at the industry that we work in we work in film right so 
like things change all the time. Like it, like even today, like we're working. Uh, uh, we had all of our locations locked for the first episode of the show we're working on. And then just like that, they're like, oh yeah, we wrote this scene out and uh, now we're replacing it with this scene and this location got canceled. And like, so we just did all this work to like secure these locations and start doing like contracts and stuff like that. And then it's like, oh yeah, no, forget it. Just, just, you know, so I can only imagine what it's like in the gaming world, but they're not dealing with real world people. They're just like in house. Right. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. But it's interesting might be easier to like bring somebody in for a day of reshoot rather than completely reanimate your entire yeah area but anyway we got a little off topic yeah. there. I, I think another thing we'll probably see is in maybe some form some god of war dlc i really hope they don't i hope they do not do any god of war dlc i want them to be working on god of war 5 forget four is done they told their story get away from that just Bring me five as quickly as you possibly can. Yeah. I just have a feeling with it being Sony Santa Monica, we're probably not going to see God of War five for at least five years. <laughs> that's why. That's why. Don't work on God of War four DLC because <laughs> I don't care. You told your story. It was really, really good. Now push it aside and get working on five. You so can if, have if, your cake you can, and eat it too. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, and what? What? I, I'm trying to I'm trying to uh, uh, platinum God of War. So I mean, the second I platinum it, and they release a DLC with like six or seven new achievements, then I'm gonna have to freaking go back. And I'm playing on the hardest difficulty in immersive mode. So I'm playing on Give Me God of War with absolutely no heads up display. So I mean, it is just absolutely relentlessly difficult. And like I've never had a difficulty curve as difficult as God of War. And I just once I beat it, I want it to be over with and i never have to again. <laughs> there's like i no. know how you feel though because like i i beat the game the first time and then i went back and did it on the hardest difficulty with the immersive and i'm at like the first part where you can fight the valkyrie and man she just kept wrecking me yeah i've beaten all the valkyries like i only have the queen valkyrie left to beat but i've beaten all the other valkyries like i mean i'm so close to platinum platinuming the game on give me god of war on immersive mode so i do not want any dlc to ruin my my experience you mentioned Hear that sony santa monica bring on the dlc you, <laughs> me- you, you, uh, you mentioned a difficulty curve but the way you guys just describe it i don't think there's much of a curve it's more of a wall oh, but the walls at the beginning the second like when you get the uh, the chains of chaos the game gets way easy like the chains of chaos just absolutely rack but i mean the i love the the, the, the leviathan axe and i thought it was so much fun using it but the second the chains came i was like this is the only thing i'm using yeah i was the same way because it brought me back to like the old god of war mm-hmm. so uh let's get back on topic here with sony so what uh what are your thoughts if uh, of uh last of us part two coming to e3 for sony definitely gonna be there <laughs> yeah i uh that's actually the reason i bought a playstation was for well it was for um uh the not dark souls what was the other one um the spiral the dragon no what was the other dark souls game the the one the one before demon, demon souls uh, not demon souls uh, uh the the one that was separate from the series the standalone bloodborne game. Blood, geez bloodborne i bought my ps4 for to get bloodborne but i bought the last of us edition and i loved the last of us i thought it was so amazing i'm stoked for the second one 
yeah, the game was amazing. It, you can't really knock it. I, I mark well because he says the game's too hard and he's playing on like normal. <laughs> Man, I, that's another game I beat on the hardest difficulty. And once I beat it on the hardest difficulty, I unlocked the next hardest difficulty. So I'm halfway through beating it on the actual hardest difficulty. So. You gotta hate that. That was like b back in the day when I was playing Pokemon Puzzle League and I was a noob. Shut up, Will. Um, <laughs> I still consider you a noob after last year's show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, and then you beat hard. And then it's like, oh, very hard option. And then I'm like, oh, what's this? And I played the very hard option. And then I beat that. And then it's like, oh, super hard. And I'm like, Ugh. Just start me off with super hard so that I can beat it on the hardest difficulty and then go back and enjoy it. People are like, I want to enjoy my first playthrough. And then I want to beat it on the hardest difficulty. Well, like, no, give me the hardest you got. Throw everything you have at me. And then once I've beaten it, I will see if it's worthy enough to go back and actually have fun playing. Man, but no, I'm, that I'm, game was not like that at all. Like, Because if you play on super hard, you get fucked so fast. That's what I want, man. That's how you get good at the game. I mean, but I, I mean, would rather... On this game, on this game, you, you have to play to get better because you have to figure nope, out... I don't believe you. I'm playing Pokemon Puzzle League hardest difficulty right <laughs> oh, now. Oh, you're going to... Dude, literally, for like right eight now. years of my life, like... I, the only right reason I beat super hard the first time was because there's like a like a point zero five percent chance that the computer will just suicide. Oh my god! I had this game. I had this game for um for my Game Boy Color. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh no way! But yeah, yeah okay, I sucked at this game. I was so bad at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's a point zero five percent chance that the opponent would suicide, and that happened with every single one except and, and including Mewtwo and and you if you lose to Mewtwo you have to beat Gary Oak again on stage 15 so it's like yeah. Mewtwo suicided and I was like oh my god and that's how I got good at the game is I just played super hard like for my whole life I haven't even seen this game forever I forgot this game existed you're bringing back some mad nostalgia for me right oh now. man yeah I embarrassed the, the shit out of myself at PAX last year but we've talked about this before, and I don't want to re-embarrass myself on the air again. It's funny. So, anyways, um, we should briefly talk about uh, Square Enix. Well, you know, we another off. game. I don't know if this will be a Sony exclusive, though. I just want to bring up is um, Overkill's uh, Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah, they're still teasing. They're working on that uh, four-player co-op uh, Walking Dead uh, game that unlike the Telltale games, it's actually going to be set in the universe of the comics. Right. Oh, okay. interesting. So. I love the comics. I read the first seven full, not issues, but full like booklets, and I, I really enjoy the comics. Yeah, it sounds very, like, reading it now, it sounds way too close to State of Decay, which worries me, but I know from what I've seen of this already, this game does have a story mode. It says takes place in Washington D.C. The game is a test of strategy and, and endurance, where players will be securing supplies, rescuing survivors, and clearing zones of danger as much as possible. Each player will also have their own skill tree, allowing their unique playstyles and squad roles. Okay. So you know, reading that sounds like State of Decay right there. Like, <laughs> did you but... guys ever play um, this War of Mine? No. 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 Okay. S such a good game really 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 good game but it took the the juggling surviving people to the max you know like when i play those games i'm kind of a perfectionist like i don't like to lose anybody i want to i want to keep everybody alive and i want to always have my community being the best it can be 
but almost every single game of um, this war of mine, you had to lose somebody in order to beat the game. Like somebody had to die. And that was such a hard thing for me. So if this game plays it like that, I'm going to be so anxious the whole time. Yeah, but uh, anyways, we should move back to uh, E3 lineup. We should talk about uh, Square Enix briefly before we sign off because we now we're over the 60-minute mark, which is we did a poll and people were like, we like 30 to 60 minutes. <laughs> yeah, well, it's E3. They had to expect, you know, we're talking about what they want to see, what they might be seeing. So yeah. split it into two and three. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's too late now. Is a freaking E3 is tomorrow, so... Oh yeah, you're right. Not just tomorrow. Both just tomorrow, tomorrow when people listen to the actual podcast. Yeah, at least yeah. together. Yeah, um, and uh, I like how Cole liked my little goat noise. <laughs> Man, there's too much to talk about with Square Enix. I mean, with like uh, with uh, Chrono Trigger and uh, Tomb Raider and Final Fantasy and too much. Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom, Kingdom Hearts? Hearts. Oh my God! Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Brandon, uh, our, our our fellow Fortnite extraordinaire master, is just the you biggest. You will have to have a just Kingdom Hearts episode with Brandon, oh. and just like unleash him to talk about Kingdom Hearts, he, like he, he did with me and Smash. He might just be unmonotone for like a whole episode. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> I have not heard Brandon unmonotone in my entire life. I think we should do that. Coming up, uh, we should do a, a Kingdom Hearts um, podcast, maybe a week or so after E3 once we've settled with all the news and all the announcements and right yep yeah I agree but uh, yeah I sum up Square Enix by saying we're excited for all the Square Enix stuff I I thought it was funny when Brandon was on the podcast in episode 5 and we're asking him all these questions and he just sounded so unexcited it's like Will at the beginning of the podcast (laughs) (laughs) my little robotic (laughs) episode 1 Will Oh, here's hey, here's a little here's a little behind the scenes thing. Um, episode one, just before we started recording, episode one, or no, it was episode two. We fit we did episode one and episode two in the same day, and uh, we recorded episode one, and I did the intro because I have voiceover experience or whatever. So I was just showing Will. Oh yeah, here's how you do it or whatever. And then we had him. He was gonna do the intro for the second episode, and it's still the only one he's ever done. And he's like, <laughs> I wanna I wanna just do a practice run. And I'm like, all right, sure. So he just practiced. He was just reading the script off his computer, and he sounded like like Siri, but like nineteen in the 1995 version of Siri. Just like hello, everybody. Oh man, says, I want a practice version. Record it. Oh, anyway. I know. I was and so choked. I was so choked. We didn't record it. It was gold. It was. It was That's so, so funny. Funny. Just <laughs> slowly press the record button when they want to practice. Just be like, yep, practicing right now. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I died. I died. I literally just couldn't. I couldn't even handle it anymore. I just died laughing. It was funny, but um, I think the best behind-the-scenes thing we ever did, which is available on our Patreon, if you guys are interested, is when we played Bean Boozled. Oh God. <laughs> Good time. Yeah. Uh, basically, we um, it's it's a box full of Jelly Bellies, but some of they them. They should go taste check it good. out. Don't ruin it for them. Well, I would give it. them a general summary of what it's going on. Don't just be like, "Hey, this is a shirt, buy it." Um, <clears throat> but yeah, basically, it's a box full of Jelly Bellies, and some of them taste really good, and some of them taste really, really not good. And uh, you it's have to bad. like flick a spinner, and it tells you which one, which color to get. And then it's, you're basically playing Russian roulette with your taste buds. And it's uh, when, when you get the rot, <laughs> when you get the rotten egg, it's something fierce. Oh, I don't know, fierce. man. I thought the rotten milk was worse. Yeah, it was, I, it was pretty. Bad. Oh, and the dead bad. fish, the dead fish. 
No, no, no. What was the what was the okay bad one? They were all bad. Grass, grass. Nah, no, grass I was grass, grass was okay. Yeah. Soap. <laughs> Soap. Yeah. But anyways, I think we've reached the end of our rope here. It's uh, 11.30. We all got to work tomorrow, so we're, we're, we're about done here. So uh, let us know your thoughts, guys, for E3. We'll, uh, we'll work hard tomorrow at our regular day job, and then we'll come back and we'll hit it hard with E3 and get you guys all the uh, information you guys want coming from all these developers and studios. So my name is Rodney again, and Will and Cole are going to sign off. Thanks a lot. We'll see you all in the next one. Bye-bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.